Hello everybody, welcome to SDI podcast episode 9 and today we are doing the third episode of the game balancing series. So I'm here with uh, Johanna as usual and then Arturi again. Hello. Hello. Hey. So the topic today will be about PvP and balancing PvP both competitive and let's say normal PvP. And well, I don't know hardcore, if we have... hardcore and casual. <laughs> yeah, we can say like that. Or even really uh, esport PvP compared to, or just, just any type of adversarial gameplay. Yeah, for fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we don't really have a prepared schedule this time, so let's see how the freestyling go. And okay, well, Johanna, you have some ideas, so why don't you start? Well, uh, I watched this. First of all, everyone knows at this point my favorite game, probably of maybe maybe even of all time, is, is Rocket League, and um, it's a very adver- adversarial, competitive um, esports game. Um, and you have basically the the entire game is is about two teams uh, driving with rocket powered cars and shooting balls to goals. And that that's the entire game. Um, it's a very very symmetrical game. Basically, you have uh, either one, two, or three, or in the chaos mode four, but that's pretty mindless. So one, two, or three uh, players per team. You have a symmetrical field. Uh, you have one ball which starts from the center, and at every time a goal is made or every time the uh, game starts. Um, all the cars of the teams, they, they aren't necessarily symmetrical. Uh, like in, in a team, they aren't uh, not necessarily symmetrical when you just look at one team, but the, but the spawning points are completely symmetrical when you compare uh, one team against the other. Um, so basically, it's an extremely symmetrical game. There's very little, if any, um, asymmetry. And I would yeah. say that there is nothing. I mean, yeah, there, there's sort of any anyone can basically use any car. There's no restrictions. The cars themselves are slightly except if you buy some of the cars. Yeah, you but need I mean, to spend money for some of them. But but you uh, at this point you have already spent money probably to buy the game. So I mean, that's still, true. So I mean, oh, yes, yes, you have to. There there are some cars that you have to buy, but sort of. They are still uh, in the same way available to anyone. Sort of, you don't have to be a better player to be able to use a car or something yeah, like this. Yeah. So, and the best car is the starting car, anyway. Well, yeah, or uh, one of the most used. Let's say, yeah, like it's it's the it's the most used, and apparently, it's the most sort of balanced, <laughs> which is a nice thing to say in this episode. But <laughs> balanced in the sense that it's it's. Um, it's uh, not, not. It's the not, best not, all around or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a very round, round in this sense. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, there arises some small balance related things, even again, even in a game like this. Um. And sort of, since the cars are very slightly different, uh, it would be, sort of, um, it would still need to be balanced whenever you change something, for example, in the physics engine. 
there was a talk in given in GDC uh, about the physics and networking of Rocket League, which I recommend you watch. It's an interesting, interesting um, video. Anyway, in that video, they mentioned that they have only a couple of these um, physics collision prefabs, so prefabricated ent entities that sort of control the how the physics of the car works. Um, and sort of this can be one easy way to make your uh, balancing job easier to have separate uh, physics and separate uh, sort of visuals. So the cars can look very different, but if the underlying physics are uh, almost exactly the same or exactly the same for some cars, uh, then it's a lot easier for you to balance for for the experience. The car can still look cool and different from other cars, but if it works exactly the same and it doesn't affect uh, the gameplay or the feeling uh, in a negative way, then it makes your life a lot easier as a designer or a game developer to balance it. Because so how many different cars are there? Like different type of cars? Do you have any idea? Do you mean now visually or physically? No, no, like physically. Yeah, of course, visually it's quite many, but... Uh, they have four, if I remember correctly, they have four different of these uh, prefabs, physics prefabs, and then they have separate uh, unique collision boxes for a couple of cars. Okay. At least the, the first Batmobile has a mm. unique collisions, and I think one or two other cars as well. Okay. So this is... Uh, Something we mentioned last time, that your job becomes very fast, very difficult when you have a bucket load of variables that you have to fiddle with and then try to find a balance between them. And this is one way to make it a lot easier is to basically just have... Reduce the amount of variables. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reduce the <laughs> amount of variables without... Uh, cheat without anyone finding out, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's... A huge part of any game development is finding cheaty ways of doing things that, you know, the players probably won't notice, but will actually feel much better than some alternative way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's basically using your resources in the most efficient way. Yeah. Like, what is the point of having physics different from every single car when they are very similar also visually, so you can easily have them and also to these big groups and, and and even and even if they weren't you know that similar visually it just it's just much easier to have things be as symmetrical as possible because you know if both sides are symmetrical if every player has the same options as every other player then you know not much else to do there on on the balancing side and sort of in the case of rocket league and this applies to many other games as well uh sort of the faster uh, the pace of the game is the less time uh, the player actually has or the audience has time to pay attention to the sort of the small details that you might notice if you were playing, for example, a puzzle game where you have, um, so so to speak, infinite infinite time. Yeah, so, or, or, you know, a turn-based strategy game. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, you can really look around and check these things. Yeah, so in, mm. in this sense, sort of, since it's such a fast-paced game, it doesn't really matter that the visuals don't uh, actually follow the physics. So the car, the ball can sometimes sort of seem like when it's hitting the car, it's actually hitting the air just uh, just uh, outside the car, or the car 
some corner of the car can sort of slightly be inside a wall or anything, something like this. But you, if you have ever seen a match of um, high-level Rocket League, you know that nobody has time to see this. Yeah, and mostly the the point of the game is to be balanced against the opponent and these things, as long as you know how it reacts to your action, then it's completely fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it could be argued that even if it was noticeable, but it didn't bother anyone, then if it's a significant amount of work or uh, there's some risk related to it, then you might just still want to leave it, even if you can easily see it, because there's a risk and, and if nobody cares that why do you change it yeah so basically we're speaking about a game that is kind of uh, well i would not say easy to balance but it's uh, once you establish certain parameters it's rather easy to balance it in between the two teams because you just make everything symmetrical and then the only thing it's the different cars and everybody can choose the cars so yeah so yeah, it's I mean, de- like de- definitely a lot easier than a very asymmetrical game, where yeah. just just because you have so many uh, parameters to fiddle with, it's, so, it's... Uh, yeah about the asymmetrical game. There, are, I don't know. It came uh, any shooter game. They are mostly symmetrical, or if they are well, not, they are kind of uh, not uh, extremely different. They might the maps might of course change. The maps usually are not symmetrical. But and the teams usually are similar. Okay, not all games. But an example that I a game that I like a lot. I never play competitive because it's too difficult. Is StarCraft Two or StarCraft One? Any StarCraft game where the three playable races are completely different from each other. They play in three different ways. So there, there is a balance that is it's kind of made Much in a different way. Yeah, and also yeah. it's not made to be. Uh, this one is gonna win against this one, and gonna win against is exactly the same. Some units are gonna win much better against other units, and the race done are they are not exactly the same. Uh, yeah, it's it's not like a the old situation of rock paper scissors. This one beats this one always. This one beats this one always. Maybe there are some meta game strategies which always beat a strategy, but it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the playable races. Yeah, and there are, of course, this uh, rocket, paper, scissor kind of idea, but it's mostly how a race plays against the other, so I can do certain type of play that other races cannot do. They do a different kind of play to prevent my actions, so it's a balance through being completely different in a way. Yeah, it's. It, I think it goes back to um, something I think I mentioned in a previous episode, what I call like the balance of your options, the balance of utility in the options you give for the players. So like you basically what you have if you've got different races with different units and different abilities is when you select a race, you select a, a simple collection of possibilities, a collection of options for you to use during the gameplay. And when yeah. these options and their opportunity costs are balanced against the other collections, you're going to have an asymmetrical system where you're, you know, you're, you have, in the case of, a, of StarCraft, you've got the Zerg, which are, you know, quick to make, not that effective individually, and so on. 
versus the other races which are which have different you know a different balance of these essential uh costs and uh and you know power yeah. yeah that's yeah. basically how you balance power. yeah something that is very yeah. powerful it costs more and takes more time yeah. so yeah. you might have 10 of those instead of 30. this is i think this sort of quite beautifully ties into the into a concept of of interesting interesting sort of sequences of play or, or how one one type of situation can drastically uh, change something that happens later in the game because um, if you have symmetrical extremely symmetrical things and your starts uh, basically if everything is symmetrical in this kind of game it becomes so much more about uh, the mechanics of actually uh, playing the game so basically which whichever is better at um, pressing buttons yeah, um, it's going to be oh, about your your what what's that called the your actions per your APM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which, well, it's which, also a lot of strategy involved because yeah, you can be well, as fast as you want, but if you move wrong, it's yeah. But yeah. if 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 that those if that strategy layer was simplified to everyone having the same options, it, it's going to be a lot, you know. It's going yeah, to be a okay. lot more about sense, your yeah. actions per minute and the, your quick reactions, and it'll, the essential gameplay is going to be much closer to, say, Rocket League, where yeah, which it does uh, have strategy and tactics, but it's also a lot technical, of which reflexes and you know, yeah, yeah. quick, fast-paced technical and, skills. Uh, basically, reading your opponent, which is a completely sort of different thing. Um, and interestingly, in, in StarCraft, sort of the the mechanical or the mechanics of, of the play or the actions per minute, how basically how good you are at pressing buttons uh, at the right moments, uh, if you want to be accrued about it, um, that actually has a huge uh, amount of difference in, in, in StarCraft because new tactics and new strategies are born from that. If you are extremely good in microing your uh, units, basically microing means uh, that you are individually moving uh, separate groups or even individual uh, um, units in a larger group of units, you can essentially become a much more efficient player. But but um, because it's asymmetrical, um, you still have a fighting chance, even if you're slightly worse at this uh, on this mechanical level. Yeah, you can basically yeah. take care of your macroeconomy and produce more units while the other one plays less units better. So it's kind of balancing in that way. Yeah, yeah. And the balance always kind of is created by the the game designer in a way that let's change the numbers in the game and units plus minus. But then the meta that cre is created around a certain type of units might change the balance is like something it's completely overpowered and then someone discovered the way to counter that and then it's completely not overpowered yeah. anymore so it's an organic uh, balancing that is done by the people playing the game yeah, yeah and then as, as the designer probably you should take a careful look and just sort of observe over longer periods of time before going, oh shit, this is very overpowered, let me just nerf, nerf the hell out of that, yeah. when it could very well be that it that the meta was going to balance itself out anyway, just sort of organically. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, as a as an image or um, what, what do you call it? 
But anyway, anyway, as a as a stupid example, imagine you have a boat which is all the people in the boat are going to the let let's call it the left side when you're looking to the front. <laughs> I'm, I'm not say, I'm not a boat person, so boat people can. You don't I, say. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> excuse me, all, all you boat people. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, if all the people go to the left side, and you are the game designer who who's the captain of the ship and decides, holy shit, we're gonna all gonna die if the, if the boat is gonna um, capsize to the left, then you put a lot of weight on the right side, and then some of the people go to the middle or just you know naturally go somewhere else then you have a you, you have unbalanced uh, boat or a game because you did it yourself yeah okay that that was actually bad example yeah, I, probably yeah not, not I, I apologize i apologize for every, everything <laughs> for everything yeah 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 but then you have okay this is a strategy game and none of us really well i watched or i love what I watch a lot of StarCraft, competitive StarCraft, but uh, I don't play it myself, so I cannot really speak about this. And uh, maybe something that we know a bit better, or well, also you know yeah. better, it's... Uh, shooters. Yeah, shooters, that's what, well, I, at least I play the most, and I guess Arturi also. And yeah. So since we are here in the, let's say, not... Uh, I would not say unbalanced would you say like mm. counter strike yeah or siege yeah well siege is already uh, kind of it's, uh, it's asymmetric you've got one side who's attacking and the other side who's defending it's uh, okay it's, yeah uh, it's on a round basis it's very asymmetric yeah yeah it's asymmetric in a round base yeah true but and, yeah uh, just like counter strike counter strike also is you know asymmetric in a round based way but both games are attempt to counter this essential imbalance by switching the sides yeah right i think i think siege switches between every round uh or... well depends now in the competitive they are gonna do a counter-strike style yeah. switching after yeah. a certain amount of rounds but then again siege adds all the operators in the mix so maybe yeah counter strike is be. is the first step and then that, they've got go to siege never... later i would say They've got a different type of uh, extra balance. Yeah, exactly. One says economy well, and... Yeah. Okay, yeah, so let's yeah. speak about Siege maybe, because probably you know that much better. I don't I don't know Siege much better at all. Well, I know uh, Siege. You know so Siege. You know Counter-Strike better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, shall we start with Siege then? Okay. Or Counter-Strike. I was start with Counter-Strike. All right, let's let's do Counter Strike. So, uh, so yeah, uh, like I said, Counter Strike and apparently Siege uh, have an essentially asymmetrical competitive adversarial mode where you know the teams uh, face off against each other, with one team decidedly defending and the other one attacking, and that's that might be possible to balance on a sort of one attack bases in you know but it's very very difficult it might be possible you could probably ballpark it somewhere there and then just spend ages and ages iterating on the level design and uh, whatever else elements you've got there but it's much easier to just switch sides and have yeah. both both teams play both sides in which case as as a whole the entire match is going to be much more balanced 
But if you want to really balance a game like that, then you have to. You cannot have different things the two teams have to do. Like that's as long as like that, it will never be balanced. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, because they do different things, so. But balance is also, you know. If you speak uh, about I, balance, I, I don't, I, I don't like. Half. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't like thinking of balance as something that that has like an absolute definition, because um, with balance, uh, also in you know adversarial games, it's again all about what you want. What sort of balance do you want to uh, get to? And uh, uh, in that. You know, there might be, you know, large sorts of areas of acceptable balance that might work and not just some sort of one absolute balance perfection thing that's unattainable and you're striving towards. Yeah, and that uh, I would say Rocket League is the nearest I know. No, I mean, a very quick note overall, if it's a completely symmetrical game, then there's usually one thing that's, there's probably a center Center, um, center point, which is the perfect balance, and there is like this well-defined balance. But that that means you yeah. actually have a symmetrical. If it's uh, asymmetrical, then I completely agree with you that you basically have uh, you have different shades of, of balance and and uh, sort of balance is this is this weird area yeah. where you sort of. Want but to... even in even in symmetrical games, what are you actually balancing for? Like, are you balancing for the fair competition? In which case, it might be possible. But, you know, even in that case, is fair comp- competition about both sides having an equal chance to win when you start the game? Or, you know, and in that case, what if you've got decidedly different skill levels on the but- teams, or even slightly different skill levels on the teams? You but might want to balance uh, a symmetric, <laughs> a symmetric adversarial game to have both teams have an equal chance to win at the start of the game, regardless of their skill levels. Oh yeah, 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 yeah that's sort of true. Uh, but this, this then, usually this somehow ties probably to a casual game or a casual mode of a game versus yeah. hardcore mode, because in in hardcore mode you usually want to have sort of the um, Usually the teams are uh, close enough in skill level to in each other. That, yeah. yeah, but then in, in casual mode, you probably want to have I mean, this matchmaking. This, yeah, matchmaking or matchmaking system. Yeah, matchmaking system or like um, this nice YouTube channel called uh, Extra Credits. They put it really well when yeah. when they talked about the noob tube in Call of Duty. I haven't Where, seen that one. That you have a bit of. Like uh, advantages is when you start, and then the more you yeah. play, yeah, basically, kind of basically, basically, yeah, basically, you have a very powerful or quite powerful skill which is very easy to use, and uh, then you have skills which are better, but they are more difficult to use, and sort of the whole point of this, and and then you obviously have some very powerful skills which are very difficult to do, uh, and sort of the ba- but ma- main point of this is to enable even new players to have a, uh, any sort of chance against yeah. uh, better players. Um, I forgot where I got got it from, but I watched, again, some sorts of video on YouTube where people were talking about game balance, and uh, they made the point that, uh, you know, 
in, in real life, golf has handicaps, which basically means that with the handicaps applied to two players of wildly varying skill levels can still have a meaningful competition against each other. Oh, what does a handicap there or something like artificially added to the game? Yeah, I mean, I don't play golf. I don't know what. And okay, what maybe you, you knew what they were I speaking think, about. Okay, I, I, I think in go- I'm fairly certain in golf, it's uh, you know the amount you get some sorts of uh, amount of strokes basically for free in yeah. relation to your competition. Mm-hmm. So if you know a fairly noob golf player were playing against someone you know a world champion, they would have a you know, set difference in the target score at the start of the competition, which aims to balance out the target scores for both players and to make it so that each player has, you know, uh, has it equally difficult to, you know, win or lose. Based on their skills. Based on their skills. I mean, obviously, both people know the other one is... You know, both both people know who is going to be better. Yeah, but it still makes sure that the one competition they're going to have is going to be interesting for both parties because they are essentially competing against their own perceived skill. Yeah, so, and I would say that this is more of a casual game game yeah. mode. So, like, you, if you, you want could... to have a competitive or a ranked or whatever it's called. What you need to measure is the skills. So you want the game to be out of the situation and just the skills matter. But you're still measuring the skills there, though. I would very much like to see some application of this in a you know uh, a video game format because I think it would be very very interesting. Yeah, there was this uh, Kickstarter game of uh, this um, how it's called some iron. It's based on the shite uh, or whatever how he said the board game. And uh, basically, it's a RTS, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then the competitive, well, let's say multiplayer, they were thinking of doing some modes where the better player would earn less resources. And I don't know, like this kind of handicap in that sense. And the worse player would get more resources based on the same amount of bases or whatever yeah. it is in the game. So it's kind of easier for the the worst player to make more units compared to the player that used them better or something like that. And yeah, it would be interesting to see how that actually works because then it's it's very difficult to make yeah. it fair or also like nice for someone that is really better it's, and cannot win. Yeah. Even if it's, it's better. It's again it's again a, a new system to balance which add, adds variables, <laughs> which makes it a lot harder. I can see why why people haven't done it because it's very difficult, but I I would like to see someone try it or try I, it myself. And um, just thinking about this from the point of view, like I always do from the point of view of Rocket League, um, this sort of handicap or a bonus might actually work quite well in games like StarCraft or uh, even Counter-Strike where sort of the, the worst players, they have some sort of multiplier. So basically you get more resources, um, I don't know, 1.5 times the resources, whether it's money or electricity or whatever you have in, in games as resources. But in, in, for example, Rocket League, I mean, you have resource there, which is the boost, amount of boost, 
but um, yeah, fiddling good. with the boost amount is going to completely alter the. No, but I mean, yeah, that. So yeah, it, that but wouldn't work. Yeah, it wouldn't work, and and also it's the amount of boost boost isn't really important because um, that game is is so much about sort of the your like we mentioned reactions and and reading the players and uh, your mechanics um how 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 well you can do these very specific sequences um so even if there's a slightly worse team with a lot more boost versus a lot better or or slightly better team probably the slightly better team wins anyway because they yeah. already know how to play with the certain amount of boost so i would how like about, to you know altering the playing field have the uh worst team start off with a smaller goal so the other team has a harder time you know aiming for the goal and the other and the worst team has a hard you know has it easier to defend it or i think this you know any any amount of i'm sure there are tons and tons of variables you could try this on but you know but, but this is just you know Perfectly academical. I don't think it's uh, yeah. likely to work with any sort of reasonable amounts of effort for our yeah. I I agree because it would probably it would most probably make the game worse and uh, sort of yeah. Um, but is is the balancing for in this kind of way kind of not good for the game? If it's a competitive game, it needs to be balanced so that I, if you're better, you win. If you're worse, you lose. That's the point I, of a competitive I, game. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's. You know, blanket statement bad for the game. Okay. Uh, if it's if but, it, yeah. you get into the game knowing that, then. Yeah, but but there's different. a you know there's a definite uh, additional challenge there of overcoming the player expectation or, you know, communicating clearly to the players that it's you know. It's uh, like that. Yeah. It, that would, would it be, be <laughs> would it be a game that people would play? I would. Okay. If if the game otherwise would, I mean, uh, that's not the, the style of mechanic that would drive me away from a game or okay. know, prevent prevent. But wouldn't it be one? better to have equal equally skilled player playing against each other more than limiting better player playing against lower level player? I mean, it's a, a ranked kind of game you only play with people more or less around your level so uh, you know that that's that's a sort of that's uh the current standard yeah. way of doing it Bas- i think basically mo- basically all of the competitive if they're well seriously done, yes, com- works, competitive yeah. games are going to have uh, some sort of elo based matchmaking system yeah. but you know that only that works better the more players you're going to have Ah, oh, yeah, of so course. If you have a basically player base, yeah. So if you're basically an indie studio that plan that doesn't plan to have millions and millions of players on in every time zone, yeah, then the matchmaking system might not work that well. Also, actually, uh, thinking about this, um, might um, this might even make the game more interesting for the at least for the good players because. Let's say we have a shooter. Uh, I don't know. Let's let's talk about Quake Arena. Um, okay. Yeah, you are. You Classics. have. The, yeah. yeah. Um, basically, you are the best player in the world, and you play in a certain manner against all the other players who are at least close to your level. So you have a very 
certain type of um, um, tactic or or a, or a way of playing, obviously in in, in each different level. But then uh, then there is someone who is slightly worse uh, when it's it's a level playing field, but they have some sort of uh, bonus. For example, they do more damage from somewhere or with some weapon or something. This then completely changes sort of the type of 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 play, and it actually might make make it more interesting for you as the better player to try to find a new interesting uh, strategy in this in this uh, completely new specific situation, which wasn't there at all. It's a new challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but again, you know, with the caveat that basically should be always in place when we're talking about any sort of. Uh, mechanic, uh, as long as it's effectively communicated to the player and they get, yeah. you know, good feedback about why things are why things are happening and yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So exactly. the whole game would be made to be like that because if you take a game that needs to be competitive in the sense skills matter and then you try to make it so everybody is able to win I mean, against each yeah. other, then it's really difficult to make it work. I I think. I don't know. You know, it wouldn't you know be anytime you make a game, anytime you make a game, you need to consider all of the mechanics, even sorts of meta mechanics like matchmaking and how your how your you know uh, matches are going to be arranged and all of that in making the game systems the the non meta mechanics. So it's just you know it's just an additional thing you need to work into how you make the game. As long as it's you know present from the beginning and not just slapped on at the end. It's, yeah. You know... Yeah. I, I sort of I don't know. I'm I'm somehow divided in in this in the sense that I I would actually like this. I think this would be an interesting idea. Uh, but that's even if I say so myself. I'm I'm quite a mature uh, player, so <laughs> I don't I don't rage quit. I don't uh, flame. I don't cry when I lose. Yeah, you, are, you don't have. You're not twelve years old. Yeah, if I cry, <laughs> I cry so that no one else uh, hears it. Yeah, you um, go to the shower. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you you only cry when you're drunk or there's an ice hockey world championship. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but um, as we have seen, the internet and and the most of the, at least the most vocal players, they aren't very mature. So, so um, for mature players. Who know what is happening and uh, know what to expect? This might be a very interesting new way of of playing the game and and finding new challenges. But for most of the audience, it would probably be uh, it would be a huge challenge to sell this sort of thing. Yeah, to, everybody yeah. would yeah. feel that someone else is cheating and like, oh, look at this idiot is cheating. And that's why it's winning. I'm better. I don't like this game anymore. And, I mean, yeah. people like to win. Come on, that's the point. Really, what I would most like to see this in uh, is, you know, cooperative stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, the the instant I heard about this idea, I I thought about you know playing Halo on the original Xbox with you know I don't know some of my friends or my sister or whoever. And not random however, in the internet. Yeah, and I, I mean. <laughs> they didn't have an internet play back then in Halo. Yeah, no, of uh, course. But like you know, in the and I just there there was no setting, no difficulty setting which was appropriate for you know like half of the people I would have liked to play the game with, uh, because you know uh, 
it just if, if I bumped it up to the highest difficulty, I was having a good time. But the person who I I was playing with who hadn't sunk in like thirty playthroughs into the game was having a miserable time because they were just constantly getting shot. And if we bumped it down to a difficulty level appropriate for them, then I was just sort of bored and rolling over all of the AI in the game because, you know, they were so easy. It would have been much more interesting if the AI, you know, dynamically adjusted their difficulty based on which one of us they were engaging. Uh, That would be very interesting, like shooting you more or doing less damage to the other player or yeah, being, being more aggressive towards one of the yeah. player who is doing better and you know intentionally maybe missing against people who are doing wor- bad yeah. and being really quick and accurate against the people who are doing well you know yeah well that, that is that's already, in a single player or yeah not, not a pvp direct competition against other people it yeah. can be also like indirect competition. Like uh, we are kind of doing the same thing, but it's not that I'm shooting you and you shooting me. We are doing just against the computer at the same time. Then solitaire. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. kind of. Yeah, the idea Basically. is like we are playing the same thing. Who does it better? Yeah. Then in yeah. that case, you can you could balance it like that. It's okay. Like you are a better gamer, so of course you get harder enemies in a way. As long yeah. as everybody knows, that would be actually a very interesting concept. It's a game like Left 4 Dead and something like that. Like we played a lot with friends, so we know how to do it. And then someone new comes, and we are like, "Well, let's play hard difficulty." And that that someone until he learns, it's gonna have a horrible time. Yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> just miserable. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like yeah, I'm yeah. useless until I learn, and it's like ah, not that fun. It also sounds like a very interesting problem to solve. Very, yeah. Yeah, I have zero idea how to do it, but but how, how would you do it? Uh, I don't know. I I think it could be sort of done in in a more interesting manner than sort of just um, have a check where someone is doing damage, whether or not it's this person, and and then sort of scale the damage, scale the numbers. That that's a very sort of simple and boring way of doing it. Yeah. But you uh, know, that could be uh, also in there, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, of course. Maybe taking less damage more than like. Yeah, time. yeah. I mean, of, if you of die course, all the time, then maybe you die less. And yeah, yeah. Of course, you could have this on top of all of everything else, but there should be you like all, a. You already have a bunch of like single player games that dynamically adjust the enemy difficulty based well, on your performance in the game. Left for Dead is actually like that. So, well, and that's. Well, yeah, the games. AI, so, AI director does yeah. something similar, yeah. So but it's, also, it also punishes being slow and stuff. So it's yeah. basically it pushes you to be good and you know panics. Yeah, in a way. Stuff. And it's a thing about the group, never, never against one. Yeah. But this oh, is a yeah. uh, like this is a very, very easy version of the of the problem because both in Left 4 Dead and and games like uh, I think in some of the God of Wars, maybe even the first God of War, there was this. Dynamical, rather, yeah. <laughs> um, in air quotes, dynamical. If you die many times, uh, asks, do you want to lower the difficulty? But I mean, it's it's a lot more easier in that sense because you have only one actor, and more importantly, you have uh, only one actor in the same environment. Yeah. So it's it's obviously it's it's a lot easier, but I think you should be able to use some of the same methods, like you know, reading the players health status and amount of like damage dealt and you know uh, 
easy to read variables about their performance that you you use to then adjust the AI's behavior, like aggressiveness, frequency of throwing grenades, speed of getting their bullets on target ever, and just doing that on a player per actor by actor basis based on who they're targeting and adjusting who they're, you know, making more enemies target the players who are doing better, um, you know, yeah. By, yeah. by reading your metrics. I, I think uh, as long as it's sort of invisible stuff, for example, how much damage you take from a bullet, which is the easy stuff, it's uh, probably quite, or at least a lot sort of easier and less jarring yeah. than when you have, because the stage sort of the state changes, okay, this enemy is now attacking the good player, uh, it's doing like this, behaving in this manner, and then when it uh, starts um, targeting the worst player, there has to be some sort of state change, and if it's if it's not smooth, if it's not um, believable or well well done, it might be very jarring and very buggy and very annoying. Uh, yeah. Someone dies very fast yeah. and it's like, oh, come on, I died it for two shots. I mean, the, maybe the damage increase will not feel that well because it just feel, it, it doesn't it feel depends. like fair in a way. It, it all depends on how it's communicated to the players and yeah. how, like okay. Johanna said, how well the state changes are, are made and stuff. You don't even, you know, if, if you've got enough enemies, you don't even need to adjust the state of one particular enemy, you know, sort of switch it mm, from yeah. one state to the other. You can just dedicate one particular enemy to doing these things and maybe slightly adjust some, you know, variables that could be mm. you know, slide, sliding variables while they're doing that. But if you've got enough enemies, you can then just have, you know, pools of enemies tasked to do, tasked against different players or, yeah. you know, I'm sure there are tons and tons of ways to do this uh, in a in a good way, but yeah, of course, yeah. It, it's difficult. And overall, uh, I think one of the things that I've learned in, in the past few years is that game, if, if game developers are good in something, they're extremely good at interpolating between two values. That's <laughs> yeah. It. yeah. That's, that's the most used technique in anything related to game development. Yeah. If you have two values and it looks stupid, then I don't know, interpolate. If it looks stupid still uh, when you interpolate linearly, then I don't know, use a spline or polynomial. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, maybe you don't have to have these sort of uh, rigid state or uh, discrete state changes. But yeah, rather... if, it, if one of the enemies just sort of goes, I am targeting you now and slap, snaps onto the next player, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So well, basically, we went away from the competitive PvP. We completely went away, but went to the co-op uh, <laughs> side, of course. So that's uh... well. This happens when you uh, short derail. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Sure. I'm totally fine. Short, the one, but interesting. Yeah, the one thing that uh, we didn't speak, and it would, it was the most interesting to me. It's uh, how he's uh, a game like Counter Strike balanced complicatedly. Yeah, so like <laughs> in a in a easy way, like uh, how would you put it? In an easy way, the balance. Well, in the in the easy easier way, you can do it. It can go yeah, complicated, um, but keep it simple, yeah, so, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, you've got matchmaking in in competitive Counter Strike. You've got matchmaking systems that take the yellow or uh, yeah. 
matchmaking rating, as they call it there, uh, values of all players in a team. And so let's let's say that those are together. like the two teams uh, are matched together and yeah. their level you, is the same. How do you balance the game around equally skilled yeah. teams? Yeah, you've got two teams uh, and uh, the situation for every round is asymmetrical where one team is going to attack and the other other team is going to defend. Now, um, obviously, or less obviously, for probably some people, uh, defending is basically always easier because, you know, you, you have much better control over the environment. You get to decide where you're going to hang out and you've got a limited amount of angles the enemy is going to be able to, you know, appear towards you. Whereas when you're attacking, basically every single uh, new area you go to, you're going to have to take care of a bunch of different angles the defenders might be hanging out at. I think, which is why Counter-Strike has two different options for the attackers. So the defenders need to spread themselves out on the map to defend all the possible routes to, you know, both sites the attackers might attack, which makes, which automatically sort of dynamically balances out the individual encounters and one single round because the attackers who are disadvantaged in a single fight against, you know, equal amounts of enemies can just group up and attack one place that's necessarily going to have fewer defenders than there are attackers, which makes that fight more balanced. And also, you know, when they take that site, you've got the after-plant position, which still makes it, you know, interesting afterwards, even if the attackers rush one site. The what? people, the people who defended that site, uh, if they died, you know, their contribution is still going to matter because they might have taken out a couple of the attackers, which would then affect the afterplant, you know, retake scenario where the rest of the defending team is going to try to counterattack onto that site. Yeah, this is this is a very beautiful point of of having this sort of dynamic, dynamical uh, balancing inside the game, which isn't done by the game developers. Is, yeah. or, or rather was done because they came up with this way of doing it, is that first you have one team attacking and then it might uh, inside the same match uh, completely flip so that the attackers who succeeded in attacking are now the defenders who are defending the point that they just attacked to. Yeah, so. Uh, like I like I said previously, they obviously at halfway halfway through the match, you're going to flip sides, and the other team is going to attack, while the previously attacking team is going to defend. You also sort of maybe do that also within one round. And yeah, yeah. if you attack, you need to defend side, tiny yeah. bit. Maybe yeah, that sort of side switching is going to uh, is you know a pretty uh, universally used way to balance out uh, asymmetric games, uh, even you know in real life. Uh, take like football, which is uh, on the face of it, it's symmetric because you've got equal amounts of players and all of that. But you're playing in the real life. You've got the environment. You've got the sun. You've got 
all sorts of environmental things which you know might affect one team more than the other if if one team has the sun in their eyes or whatever and then you switch sides all the way through the game because you know that just feels much fairer to let both teams play an equal amount on the different sides even if it's you know on the face of it and then the sun moves during the game and then you have the sun in your eyes all both, yeah. both ways. Yeah, <laughs> probably not that much, I mean. <laughs> yeah, never know. <laughs> that, would, that would be a seriously long game. But, you know, the sort of side-switching mechanic is pretty, pretty prevalent in these things and Counter-Strike uses it a lot as well. But then you've got, um, you know, as the game continues, you've got, in Counter-Strike, you've got your economy game, which basically means that aside from some very very basic equipment which is your starter pistol uh you need to buy everything else if you survive around you don't need to buy the shit you've got on you but if you use utility like grenades and stuff you're going to have to rebuy those or and if you've gone shot a lot you might have to repair your armor or whatever and uh you get money differing amounts based on whether you won or lost a round uh, for every kill you make and the kill reward is <laughs> is adjusted based on what weapon you did the kill with and so the worse the weapon the more money you get right basically basically yeah, yeah. The, the most powerful weapons are going to give you much less money than you know like the basic pistols or so or, there's kind of an, uh, a balancing in the sense that the the stronger you are, the least you get, but at the same time, the stronger yeah. team is at the higher advantages in the next yeah. rounds. Yeah, when you, when you in the first round is very important because when yeah. you win the first round, you have money to buy you know decent equipment for the second round, and the team that lost will have to make interesting decisions based on you know how much how many kills they got, maybe you know how much how much money do they think the opponent team has right now what what sort of buy the other team might be going for because you might be if you if you've got money and you're expecting the other team to not buy in order to save for the next round you might buy less effective weapons that give you more money for your kills just in order to use that round to farm for money to make bank for for the future and then you might, you know, you have meta mind game situations where you might try to counter the expected enemy buying strategy. Uh, but, you know, that's <laughs> super complicated. Yeah, uh, this economy game is something that I always find interesting in Counter Strike because yeah. you really need to be good at the game. But then, this kind of, uh, if the team is really doing well, you do well in the game. And it's a mental thing that might change that yeah. the other team really needs to push more because they know that they are going to be in a disadvantage situation like mm-hmm. technically yeah. even if they are better now it's harder for them to win yeah, so I mean, yeah. they push more and then they they go into this higher like advantage situation again winning one or two rounds and yeah or it's, it's or just the game goes 15-0 and because the other team can never <laughs> recover but yeah well. yeah uh, that but what well, yeah the the economy game has a bunch of different applications, uh, but for the balancing thing, 
it's balancing for an interesting experience basically it's it creates this sort of rhythm to the entire match with definite points uh at which the advantage might swing entirely the other way yeah, which, it's not balanced know, for be 100% fair all yeah. the time yeah yeah if if it were balanced to be 100%, you know, equal chance every round, everyone would just get the same equipment. And yeah. uh, that would be that. Or the same uh, money. Yeah. The, um, the economy thing also makes it so that even if the result of one single round has already been decided, uh, but, you know, both teams still, still have active players left, everything they do is still, you know, uh, does still have an impact to the game because you might be able to kill an enemy, in which case they're going to have to rebuy their equipment, which impacts the enemy economy. Yeah, or, it might be that when you're winning, you're like, okay, we're winning, well, we can relax a bit, and then the other team comes yeah. there, kill two of the people, and then you don't have money anymore. Yeah, or yeah. Or, or, or if you've got very little money, you might try I'll to push be, yeah. and kill yeah. the enemy so they're in a worse economical situation and in the best case push kill someone get their gun and then yeah. hide so you don't have to buy a gun next round so it you know it expands the the time in the game where you know your decisions and what you're doing matter and it also actually somehow yeah some it somehow um also Makes your makes the amount of of wins your team has uh, a resource as well, because you, then you might be able to exchange this resource to money in in that sense yeah. that you you are you're playing for money instead of winning. So yeah. you might very happily lose and uh, get more money. So so it it actually creates the thing you want need and want to to win. Uh, you might just use it as a resource. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, th- there's a the default eco round term which just economy round where you don't buy you buy just enough so that next round you're going to have enough to buy everything you want and your the entire point of that round is to play the economy game and you know if you win the round which is unlikely that's good but if you don't then at least you made an impact in the economy hopefully yeah yeah also because the game they go they have quite many. I mean, it's a thirty round usually total. So yeah. you you have time to lose one or two rounds for the economy to win maybe five yeah. rounds. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's it's not yeah. a game like a uh, well, okay, quickly siege. siege is much less because you don't have the economy game. Every game is exactly the same. The only uh, unbalanced, let's say, like this asymmetry is defending, attacking. Plus yeah. the operator you choose, but next round completed the same, start from the mm-hmm. same point. So it, yeah. yeah, the previous round doesn't affect in the future, basically. Yeah, and then of course uh, the Counter Strike default economy system. If it were just you know attackers get loads of money, uh, I'm sorry, winners get loads of money, defenders get very little money. Um, that would be basically an overpowered uh positive feedback look yeah that, game, that just destroys the game. well you're just gonna do more well and if you're doing 
poorly, you're just going to do more poorly. And, you know, it essentially, um, you know, destabilizes the system. Yeah, I mean, you uh, have that in real life already. So a game can be balanced better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if, you, so, if you are a bloodthirsty economist, you probably want to play Counter-Strike rather than PS2. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, then you've got uh, a negative feedback loop in the economy thing, uh, which gives you more money for every you know, consecutive loss you have. So you're... Loss bonus, loss money bonus increases every time you lose, and when you win, it resets. So, eventually, if you just keep losing, you're going to be more even economically against the uh, against your adversary, because you know it would just be <laughs> it would just be terrible if you never had any money and the other guys just made crazy bank and could just throw weapons around in the start it will not be uh it, it will not basically be a competitive game at that point it will be just uh win the first round and then win yeah it, it would be a competitive game but it would essentially be a very short one yeah, it will not be a competitive game it would be a competitive <laughs> round on yeah yeah with a bunch of you know fluff after that yeah uh um and then there's of course the amount of money you get for kills based on what weapon you used, which also sort of ties into that, because if you're, if you're low on money, you might have to get weapons that are less effective, but which give you more money when you do something with them. This actually, uh, I don't know why it did come to mind, but when we talked about StarCraft or Siege or uh, Counter-Strike, maybe being able to implement this system where if you're worse, you have a bonus. This is actually exactly it. Although in a sort of lo- more local sense, if you're doing worse, your yeah. uh, your your game becomes easier in, in some sense. Yeah, in some sense, it's not you know doesn't <laughs> it doesn't really uh, do it to that extent, but it's sort of maybe yeah, a similar idea. Lower your disadvantage more than giving you an advantage. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you're not better at that point. I mean, you just maybe have the same money. Yeah. And then you've got, of course, the side switch at, at the halftime. So yeah, of course, then you reset side, uh, the entire situation yeah. and flip the sides. So it basically starts all over again. But even that's, you know, uh, not like, even if everything else were just symmetrical, uh, I don't think the side switch would, ma- uh, would make it entirely symmetrical. Because there's still going to be the sort of emotional uh, morale thing there, where if one team just sort of completely dominated their first side, then at the start of the next uh, next half, the other team is going to be under a lot of pressure to do as well or better than yeah. their opponents uh, in the in the second half. So it's you know the situation starting up for the second half is never going to be the same as the situation starting up for the first half. So it's still a sort of an imperfect balancing mechanism mechanism on its own. Yeah, uh, an example yeah. of, of uh, making Counter-Strike worse, but more, um, more symmetrical and, and more, uh, let's say, fair in that sense, because sort of the, the current balance, it, it, it is, isn't necessarily fair, but it's, it's a good balance because it's, uh, it makes the game interesting. 
But a more fair balance, which would make it worse, is that you change um, roles after every round. That would yeah. probably make it more chaotic, but also more fair because you don't have that sort of um, impending feeling of doom when you just lost one round of, of let's say, 7 to, uh, seven to 8 or something like this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then you have to... At this point in, in Counter Strike, of the changing at half of the game, like after 15 rounds, is it a, it's all the time, or because it, I, if you watch it, it's like that, but if you play it, is it like that or not? If you play the real Counter Strike, then yeah. If you play the competitive mode in the Counter Strike game, the competitive matchmaking, yes, it's it changes out of fifteen. Okay, because um, also in CG it changes every match, so you have yeah. attack, defense, attack, defense. So you, it's, yeah, I mean, you always get are... kind of. Uh, if you're losing three times, you you lost an attack and you lost an a defense, so yeah. you really are better I mean, both sides. You've got casual modes in Counter Strike, but um, they're really bad. They sort of this is. Uh, I, I should not rant about this because it will take ages. But basically, uh, you have one minute. Basically, basically, the competitive mode in Counter Strike is the only real Counter Strike that take that you know uses all of the game's strengths to make a cohesive, interesting gameplay experience. Uh, you've got a bunch of casual modes which uh, use parts of it poorly and which make for a much worse gameplay experience. Like the ca typical casual game is like ten people against ten people on the same maps. Where, uh, okay, but yeah, it's which, totally changing which, the which software. fucks up the level design entirely, uh, and they've got a different different economy system that also just completely ruins everything, and it's it's horrible and bad. And this yeah. this actually touches on just a quick note, uh, something we talked last time, which is uh, in a completely different scenario. There we talked. Do you want to have an easy mode? A game that is sort of balanced to be hard, but in in this sense, do you want to have a casual mode in a game that is balanced to be uh, hardcore? It <laughs> I mean, in this case, it actually makes your game. I mean, it really makes the game worse uh, for for the casual players. But I don't know. Probably they know it, or if they don't know, then no, they might not. But and it's also the same. fact you need to play casual right now before you can qualify for competitive. You need to have a certain amount of experience played in the casual modes before you can get to play the yeah, real you game. You need to which, which, learn the which game. Drives, yeah, which drives off the people who want to play the real game but are forced to play this absolute garbage before they get to play the real game. Ah, you have to, you have to play casual before going. You have before. to. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah it's so it's cannot... basically like uh, like uh, some of the mobas where you need to play the. Uh, the sorts of unranked modes before you can play the ranked modes. But I think... the difference here is that the casual modes are completely different from the ranked modes, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. which is, which is yeah, completely yeah. garbage. Yeah, right? I mean, overall, I think that's a very good idea to force someone to play the casual mode before, but if it's completely different from the from the hardcore experience, I mean, obviously it's different, but, but if the, it's, it's different from the game's side, then yeah. that's just the mechanics are essentially uh, there are there are a few like the basic movement and shooting mechanics are going to be the same but everything else yeah. all of the tactics all of the everything else is going to be different and you're going to have to relearn it when you go play competitive so you don't learn the game you learn the like how the tech the technical part of the game and not the how the game plays yeah 
yeah okay but uh i think after one hour and something this is never gonna end so <laughs> we again not. yeah we again stop it here and continue the next time because this, this is probably uh, a stable part of the podcast at this point so why not we just continue with this until we don't have anything else to do so <laughs> basically never <laughs> yeah I, i'm at least going to always have something to say about this oh yeah that's gonna be forever so well thanks everybody to be here that's always yeah, nice to have these discussions thanks Thank for anybody that listened this far and we'll see you probably next week bye 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 bye